0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: There was this gentleman called Archibald MacLeish. He was a poet and a former librarian of the uh, of Congress. And he wrote this particular, you know, this particular verse that I'm about to uh, quote to you. He said, There is truth, in truth, a terror in the world, and the art have heard it as they always do. Under the homes of the miraculous machines and the ceaseless publications of the brilliant physicists, a silent wait and listens and is heard. It is the silence of apprehension. We do not trust our time. And the reason we do not trust our time is because it is we who have made the time. We do not trust ourselves. We have played the hero's part, mastered the monsters, accomplished the labors, became gods and we do not trust ourselves as gods. Because deep inside we know what we truly are. In the old days when the gods were someone else, the knowledge of what we are did not frighten us. But now that we are gods ourselves, we bear the knowledge of ourselves. And like the old Greek gods here, the old Greek heroes who learned when all the labors had been accomplished that it was he himself who had killed his own son. This is a very interesting, you know, poetic way of presenting something that uh, many of us feel, but for some reason we are not, we are not as articulate as, as Archibald is. There is a sense, you know, there's a, there's a scarce commodity that we see within our community. And that particular st- scarce commodity is what is called trust. People have difficulty trusting the other person. A brother was asking the question this morning when he was doing his live class. And the question he was asking is that, how can you tell that you trust God? Okay? How do we trust God? How do you know you trust God? How can you explain to someone that you trust God? Trust is a very, very scarce commodity in our community today. In the age that we live in. And the reason is because trusting requires that we put faith and confidence in someone else. Okay? When you say you trust somebody, it means that you have faith in that individual. It means that you are putting your confidence in that individual. It means that you are opening yourself to a little bit of vulnerability. In other words, I am entrusting certain things to this particular individual. And in the process of entrusting yourself, entrusting that particular, uh, you, you are putting that confidence in that individual. You open yourself up to be disappointed. You open yourself up to be vulnerable you open yourself up to become you, you are not guarded anymore because you are no longer in control. You are trusting another person to do certain things for you. Trust requires that you put uh, that we put faith or confidence in someone else. Trust requires that we hold someone else in a place of high esteem such that we are confident that such an individual cannot but come true for us. In other words, we are saying... This guy is so good at whatever he's doing that I'm trusting him okay, to be able to come through for me. I'm trusting him to be able to do certain things for me. I'm trusting this particular person that he can never fail me. That puts you in a very, very unique position because number one, it causes you that you are no longer able to control that situation because that individual can do it and he can refuse to do it. You are simply trusting that person. Okay? You know, you know, So the the, the thought of putting our confidence in someone else is a very frightening one for a lot of people. The thought of putting my confidence in somebody else. The thought of saying that, yes, you are responsible for taking care of this particular issue. is a very frightening condition. It's a very frightening proposition. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. Okay, because you don't know whether that person will do it. You don't know whether that person will be faithful enough to be able to fulfill their own the end of the bargain. You don't know if that person is going to be faithful, you know, is going to be trustworthy. And that is why trusting other people is one of the most difficult things that we can go through. And this is what my, this is what Ajibol Maglish was saying. He said, we do not trust our times. They say we do not trust our time. And the reason we do not trust our time is because we do not, we, we, it is we who make the time and we don't trust ourselves. In other words, it's difficult for you to trust somebody else because you yourself don't trust yourself. You trust, you know, it's difficult to trust other people because you yourself don't trust yourself. If you're saying I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and somebody else is expecting you to do X, Y, and Z, the reason why you cannot trust that person to do X, Y, and Z is because you yourself don't trust yourself doing that X, Y, and Z. So he said that we do not trust our time because it is we who make the time and we do not trust ourselves. In other words, we can't how can we trust others when we do not trust ourselves? That is the question that Maclist is basically saying. How can you trust somebody else if you cannot trust yourself? When things that we celebrate, when things that we create fall apart, how can we trust? How can we trust ourselves? How can we trust other people when we ourselves don't trust ourselves? When the things that we create and hold dear begin to fall apart. When the national and traditional institutions that have defined us as a people begin to crumble. When the salt of the world, which is the church, is continually losing its flavor. How can we trust others in that kind of a situation? The church that is supposed to be the place where everybody is supposed to tell the truth. The church that is supposed to be a place where everybody, where the pastor is supposed to be the man that you can be trusted. If you cannot trust the church, how can you trust another individual? If you cannot trust the pastor to tell you the truth, how can you trust other people? We, how can we trust the church when even our own pastors cannot even preach the gospel with faithfulness? How can you trust other people? The man who has sworn to uphold the word of God. The man who has said that he's going to preach the word of God. The man who has told her that yes, he's going to say the things that God has spoken unto him. If he cannot, if you can't trust him to preach the word of God, how can you trust the sister right on your side? How can you trust the brother on your left? How? Okay? So that is the situation that we find ourselves in. The situation, Trust is a very difficult thing because of what people have done in the past. But as Christians... We are supposed to trust. I mean, we are expected to trust. Okay? And that is what the Bible tells the book of Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs from verse number 5, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. The Lord is the Bible saying, trust in the Lord. In other words, so Christians are expected to trust. The Bible is telling us to trust, especially in the Almighty God. And this is supposed to be the hallmark of a believer. Trust is supposed to be the hallmark of a believer. But unfortunately, not every believer trusts. They don't even trust God. Talking case of trusting the next person. There are people who preach today who don't even believe what they are preaching. There are people who listen to preaching today who don't believe a word of what the pastor is saying. Okay? There are people who come to church today who don't even believe in God. How can you trust in a situation where you don't even believe what you are listening to? When you don't believe what you say you believe, when you don't even believe the Bible that you are carrying up and down, how can you trust God? Trust is supposed to be the hallmark of the believer. But when we cannot trust, how can we trust when there is a lot of unknowns? How can you trust somebody when you don't even know the person? How can you trust God when you have no idea who God is? How can you trust the situation where you have no idea what the situation holds? How can you trust the politician when he lies to your face every time? How can you trust your boss when the intention of your boss is to be able to use you as a stepping stone to get to his next level? How can you trust when there is a lot of unknowns? How can we trust when there's a lot of uncertainty? How can we trust when we do not, even, when, you know, <clears throat> when, we, when we live a life that does not that does have that when there's no confidence as believers, we cannot and we should not live in total skepticism. That is not the intention of the Almighty God. The Lord does not want you as an individual to live what in unbelief, and that's why it tells in the Book of in the Book of Hebrews 11, He said that anyone that will come to God. Must do what? Must believe that he is and is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, you cannot walk with God unless you believe him. You cannot do anything with the Almighty God unless you believe him. You cannot walk with God and get any reward from him unless you believe in him. So the Lord is basically saying that as a believer, you cannot walk in skepticism. In other words, you cannot walk around in unbelief. Somebody tells you something, and you say, oh, "Yeah, I don't believe you." If you, if if you if everything is unbelief for you, then you have a problem, your relationship will not be able to move forward. The way you work at the way you do your work will not be able to move forward. You will not be able to invest in anything. You will not be able to. Be, you will not be able to do business because you have to trust. you. There must be an element of trust for you to be able to move forward. You cannot walk with me as an individual if you don't trust me. You cannot walk with your wife or your husband or your friend or your colleague at work if you don't trust them. There has to be an element of trust, okay? And that is what the Bible is telling us. Book of Isaiah chapter twelve, Isaiah chapter twelve, reading from verse number two. The Bible says, "Behold, God is my salvation; I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song; He also is become my salvation." In other words, from this part of the scripture we see that trust in the almighty God does three things for you. Trust in the almighty God does three things for you. Number one, trust banishes fear in your heart. Yeah. Because if I trust grandma that every time I get to her house, there's going to be that rice that she normally cooks and I'm going to take it home. I am very sure that I can go back there and go hungry because I know when I get there, there will be something that will be cooked for me. Trust banishes fear. Okay? The Bible tells us, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be ashamed. When I know that there's God behind me, when I know that God will handle my situation, when I know God will take care of me, when I know that God will not let me down, it takes away fear. I've given this example here before, I'll give it again. If I have a young man, a young man who has been bullied in school every day, and then all of a sudden he has a big brother that is as tall as myself, and that boy is refusing to go to school every day because there is somebody who keeps bullying him or her. But what happens is that if I say, "Okay, you don't worry, I will go with you," I will go, to, I will go with you to school today, and I'm walking right behind that particular person, and that boy or that girl is going to school and he sees the bully and looks back and sees me. Do you know that the attitude of that girl will change because he knows that boy is here. If this bully messes with me, he's going to get the beating of his life because you have this guy behind him. The same thing when you know God is behind you. When you know God holds your back. When you know God can take care of you it banishes away fear. Number two, I want to, the trust in the Almighty God does for you. Trust in the Almighty God gives you strength. That little boy or that little girl I'm just telling you about that I accompanied to school. If that bully makes the mistake of facing that boy or that girl, what happens is that he or she will have an unusual amount of strength. Why? Because he knows that there's somebody behind him or her who will fight for her. Okay? The same thing. When you know that there is a God behind you, it strengthens you. It gives you strength. It gives you the confidence. The Bible tells us, it for the Lord Jehovah is my strength. Yeah. In other words, there are some battles I cannot fight on my own. There are some straight, there are some things I cannot do on my own. But the one that holds the universe in his hand, the one that spoke the universe into existence, the one that said, let there be light and there was light, that particular one is the one behind me. So it gives me strength. Number three, what does the trust in the Almighty God does for us? The trust in the Almighty God does what? It brings us assurance. It brings us assurance. The Bible said, God is my salvation for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my strength. He also has become my salvation. In other words, he's the one that delivers. He's the one that takes care of me. He's the one that makes the situation that appear impossible to become possible. Trust in God brings assurance. Okay, why am I saying all these things? Why am I giving you the background concerning trusting and everything? The reason is very simple. The reason is because you are going to live in doubt. You are going to live in unbelief. You are going to live in skepticism. And if you live in doubt and unbelief, what happens is that you are not going to be able to make progress. Our brother, when he was talking about it, when he was making the presentation during the uh, life class, he said that if a farmer, he said you cannot, if you you know the consequences of some of your actions, you will behave accordingly. And then he used the uh, the analogy of planting a seed that is already rotten, okay? Uh, Definitely, you know you're not going to get a result. But let me take that particular analogy and give it to you in a different point. If you, as an individual, do not have faith. You can't believe in God. You don't trust God. You don't trust that the seed will grow. What do you think will happen? You will not even put the seed in the ground in the first place. If you don't believe the seed will grow, if you don't believe that that particular seed will germinate, if you don't believe that you are going to find, you are going to get any result from planting that seed, you will not even put it down in the first place. Okay, but if you believe. That if I plant this particular seed, the seed will germinate and it's going to give me the result that I want. You will be so happy to put it in the ground. And that is why I always tell people, you don't have to preach a message on giving and giving and giving a hundred times. You don't have to. All you have to do is to let people understand what it means to give to the Almighty God. When they catch a vision of giving to the Almighty God, they will be the one to give willingly. And that's why the Bible says the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Because there is a result. The promise of the scripture is that it says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, shaken together shall make give unto your bosom. That is the promise of scripture. If you go to Malachi, it says it will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you will have no room to receive it. If you believe it, you will act. If you don't believe it, it doesn't make any difference. I can say here and preach in my eyes turn blue. If you don't believe it, you won't do anything. It doesn't change anything. So, the point I'm making here this morning is this. Unless you believe that God can walk with you and God can make a difference in your life, you will not get out of your house. All right? Why do you think people are locked up in the house? They say they have anxiety attacks. It's because they believe if they step out of the house, something terrible will happen to them. But if you don't believe that, if you believe the angels of the Almighty God has given you, the Lord will give His angels charge over you. When you step out, you know nothing evil will happen to you. That is why we are talking about this. Trust in the Almighty God not only banishes fear; it not only brings certainty and strength; it, it, it also gives us, it, you know, it gives us confidence to be able to move forward. And as we begin the new year, there is a need for some level of certainty in our life. If we are going to take advantage of the opportunities that God will make available for us. You have to be able to trust God. If you want to move forward. It's just like somebody who's having issues in his marriage or in his relationship. If you don't trust that there is hope for that marriage. Or there is hope for that relationship. Or there is hope for that job. Or there is hope for that family. If you don't believe there is hope for it, you will not do anything. He says, after all, you know? he says, he doesn't like me, so why should I waste my time? He says, he's going away, right? why should I waste my time? This is going to be, if you already believe that it's never going to work, why are you going to put your efforts So, as we begin the new year, there is a need for some level of certainty in our life. If we are going to take advantage of the opportunities that God will make available for us this year, we need to be sure that things will be okay. We need to be sure that we are going to have a roof over our head, a job to go to, a future for our children. We need to know that there is a sure tomorrow for us. And that only comes by trusting the Almighty God. The question is, how can you be sure? How can you be sure? how can you be sure that god will meet you at the point of your needs how can you be sure that you know that you can trust the unknown how can you be sure how can you be sure let's read genesis 26 that we read for our bible reading this morning genesis 26 the bible tells us of a story of a man who was facing an uncertain future you know the story bible tells us isaac was living in a particular place there was famine in the land in other words there was uncertainty People, that it we can, we can equate it to mean a time of economic chaos. There was no job. There is no the crops were failing. There was famine in the land. This was the same time. It was an uncertain time for Isaac. And the Bible details how he went from uncertainty to certainty. How he went from insecurity to security. How he went from unknown from the unknown to trusting the all knowing God. Genesis twenty six reading from verse number 1, the Bible said, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down unto Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seeds will I give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swore unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and I will give unto thee thy seed and I will give unto thy seeds all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge my commandment my statutes, and my laws and Isaac dwelt in the land if you go to verse number 12 of that same chapter the Bible says Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him from this verse of the scripture, like I said a few minutes ago, Isaac was facing a time of uncertainty. Isaac did not even know what tomorrow we hold. Isaac was living in a time of famine. The Bible tells us that there was famine in the land and Isaac had two options. Isaac can deal with his own calculation or trust the almighty God. And the calculation of Isaac was simple. There is Egypt and there is the word of God. Those were the options he had. It's either he can go to Egypt and go and stay with Abimelech and begin to benefit from Abimelech Abimelech and use man as his own source of supply, sustainers or he can trust the word of God and say when God says this is what I'm going to do for you this is what I'm going to do for you if you remain here he had two options Isaac was faced with the option of doing his own calculation and to relocate or to stay with the all-knowing God those were the two options he had the Lord assured him that his blessings and future security was not a function of his own wisdom, but rather a function of his own obedience. In other words, God was telling Isaac, this situation that you find yourself, this situation of uncertainty, that there are some people who are living in Africa, who are stinkingly rich, that they wonder what you are coming to America to come and do. They just sit there and walk, what are you coming to this place to come and do. I remember a friend of mine, he used to be a banker then. When I told him I was coming to America, I was looking at him and he said, what's wrong with you? What are you coming to do in America? In my own mind, I said, it's easy for you to say that because you are doing fine. The guy is a manager in a bank at that time. He was doing fine. This is way back in the 90s. He was okay. I said you can ask that question because you have a job. I don't have a job. I'm a fresh graduate. I don't have a job. What do you want me to do? The point I'm making is that your prosperity in the new year is not a function of your location. It's a function of your relationship to the Almighty God. Yeah it's not a function of how smart you are it's a function of how well you are willing to obey the instructions that God has given to you your prosperity and security this year is not a function of your location like I said but it's dependent upon your relationship with God the certainty of your prosperity the certainty of your success is a function of your ability to understand and live by the reality that God was going to be that God taught Isaac in Genesis, Genesis 26 that if you are going to move forward if you are going to have the success that you desire if you are going to get to where you need to get to this year you need to learn some basic lessons isaac had the option to either play god or depend on the one true god that is the same option you have today you can either determine depend on your own ability or you can depend on the ability of the almighty god you can either trust your own strength and your connections, or you can trust the Almighty God. You can either believe the word of God, or you can believe the word that is spoken by the economists or the Wall Street or the politicians. It's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. Isaac had the option to play God or to believe in God. He had to learn to trust and obey God. The willingness to trust and obey God, uh, he obey His instruction while subjecting himself unto God's authority, must be something that Isaac wanted to do on his own. In other words, your decision—the option that are facing you this year—the option to believe God or to believe yourself, the option to obey God or to obey your own wisdom, the option to follow your own follow your own connection or follow the, the instruction of the Almighty God—is a decision that you have to make this year. And God will not compel you. Yeah. God is not going to force you. Let me repeat that. Your willingness to obey God's instruction. And subject yourself under God's authority. Is a journey you must be willing to take. If you want to see God move on your behalf. God is never going to force you. He's not going to compel you. Yeah. And to make that transition from depending on your own wisdom and trying to figure things out on your own to trusting the the all-knowing God, you have to go through the seven process that Isaac went through. Number one process that Isaac went through, Isaac came to a point of recognition in his life. What does that mean? He had to recognize his unusual situation. The Bible tells us in verse number 1 of Genesis 26, it said there was a famine in the land. In other words, Isaac came to recognize his unusual situation. You have to recognize the situation where you find yourself. As long as you can still manage, as long as you can still control your own situation, as long as you can still use your own connection, the tendency to depend on your own ability will be strong. But when you say okay This is a unique situation that we find ourselves I am no longer going to depend on my own wisdom I am going to depend on the wisdom of the almighty God I am not going to depend on my own connection I am going to depend on the connection of the almighty God When you begin to see that It changes you It takes you from your own dependence Depending on yourself To depending on the almighty God You have to come to that point of what Come to the point of You have to come to the point of recognition Recognizing your special situation Number two Isaac had to come to the point of careful association careful association. Look at verse number 2. Verse number 1b. The Bible says Isaac went, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistine. In other words, Isaac looked at himself. He said, this situation is bad. I need to go to help. I need to look for somebody who will help me. I need to find somebody who is more powerful. I need to find somebody who is more situated. I need to find somebody who is more resourceful to me, to, to be able to help me. And the Lord is saying, in a situation like this, you don't need people who are resourceful. You don't need people who are rich. You don't need the help of man." You need the help of God. One interesting thing that I've found is this. If God curses a man, no matter how you pray for that person, that person will never be blessed. And if the Lord blesses an individual, it doesn't matter what you do to that person, he will continue to remain blessed. And that is why you should seek the blessings of the Almighty God. And how do you do it? You have to carefully select your associates this year. Who are the people that you should be associating with this year? They must be the people who will take you from where you are to where you need to be. They must be the people that whose, God, whose hands, who, who the Lord's hand is upon their life. They must be the people who are properly aligned with the Almighty God. Those we associate with will determine how far you are going to travel in the new year. When you surround yourself with people whose lives are dedicated to the eternal realities anchored in the word of God, then you will begin to see God move on your behalf but if you associate with people who the Lord is angry with every day, the anger of the almighty God will come upon you. Okay, you will think I'm making this up. If you read the book of Jonah, you will know. If Jonah is traveling with you, you can be expected, you can be expected to find what? Storms in your life, okay? Storms will come into your life, not because of what you did, but because there is a Jonah on your sheep, okay? But if you travel with a Joseph, the Bible said that everything that Joseph laid upon laid his hands upon, they prospered. You'll find that that was why people like Potiphar, Potiphar who had no idea who God was, when Joseph came into his life, everything changed for good in his life. Who you travel with this year matters a lot. They can either bring a storm into your life, or they can bring the prosperity of the Almighty God into your life. So you have to just be very careful who you travel with this year. Number three. For Isaac to begin to trust the all-knowing God, Isaac had to come to a point of clear communication. Isaac had to come to a point of clear communication. The Bible tells us in verse number 2, we say, and the Lord appeared unto him. There is a difference when the Lord Appears into your situation okay? When the Lord appears in your situation Everything changes When the Lord appears into your situation Every war stops When the Lord appears into your situation Impossibility becomes possible The Bible makes us understand that, And the Lord appeared unto Isaac Because he came to the point of clear communication He was able to hear the voice of the Almighty God. He was able to understand what the Lord is saying to him. He was able to understand where the Lord wanted him to be. He was able to hear the instruction clearly from the Almighty God. If the only line of communication you have is a horizontal one this year, then your future will be uncertain. What do I mean by that? There are two lines of communication. It has to, It's either vertical or horizontal. When it's horizontal, that means the only people you can hear from are the people around you. There are men and women with limited vision, limited understanding, limited perspective. Just like you. They are the only people that you are hearing from. But if you receive a vertical vision, which is a vision that comes directly from the Almighty God, it gives you the perspective that is above what you're already used to. And that is why you must, this year, Have a vertical line of communication opened unto you to the Almighty God, to the All-Knowing God. You must be able to hear His voice this year.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Please join us on Sunday, January 13th, 2019, for the third anniversary celebration of Lifelong Anointing Church. The celebration will take place inside our church auditorium located at 2711 Murfreesboro Road, Antioch, Tennessee, 37013, starting at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Childcare will be provided. We look forward to enjoying a warm fellowship with you as we celebrate three years of God's faithfulness. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.